I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Chances are your goals and dreams are too small to get you moving forward. If your goals are too small, then your life is going to be really complicated and you're not going to be able to leapfrog out of your current life. Everyone has a really complex and challenging life that they're dealing with. And the only way out of that is to pursue goals that are so big, even seemingly impossible, that those goals force you into finding new ways that are outside your current habits. In this video, I'm going to share with you five psychological reasons why having much bigger goals, even seemingly impossible goals, makes your life a lot easier and makes helping you accomplish your goals a lot simpler. The first psychological reason why pursuing seemingly impossible goals is actually easier and beneficial to your psychology is what psychologists call selective attention. Selective attention is the idea that you get what you're looking for. As people, we are all filtering or looking for certain things. You get what you're looking for whenever you focus on expands. There's a concept on this that I really like. It says that you're so busy looking for the bronze coins that you miss the gold coins all around them. Well, one of the reasons why pursuing massive and seemingly impossible goals is beneficial is because then you will start filtering for and looking for the ways of getting there. You'll start to find those gold coins. Chances are you're not looking for the ways to achieve impossible goals because you're not even thinking about them because you think they're impossible. If we have a dream or a vision or some ideal, something that we want to accomplish that we think is impossible, if we usually think it's impossible, then we won't even think about it. Therefore, we won't filter for it. Most people are filtering for what psychologists call the default future. The default future is the most expected future. It's the future that you most believe in. Here's kind of the crazy litmus test is, is that you can know what you're filtering for or looking for by just simply looking at what's in your life. There's a great quote that says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. The reason for that is, is that when the student is ready, the, t the teacher is actually observable. They had actually been there the entire time, just like the gold coins had been there the entire time. The problem was is that you weren't filtering for it. And the reason you weren't filtering for it is because you weren't committed to it. And so this brings up a key concept of what psychologists call identity. Identity is that which you're most committed to as a person. You can know what you're committed to by your results, as they would say in the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. So the only way to actually own the filter of your future self is to get fully committed to that. I love this quote that nothing happens until after you commit. It fits with the idea of decision that once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Or similarly, the quote from William Hutchinson Murray, where he said that until one is committed, basically everything is a waste. Until one is committed, there's always a hesitancy, a chance to draw back. It's only by getting committed to a seemingly impossible goal, a really big goal that, you, that your brain will start filtering for it. And the awesome part is, is, is that once you get committed, you will start finding ways. You, you will start filtering for and finding opportunities. You'll start finding relationships. You'll start finding solutions that were there all along, but you wouldn't have ever been able to see them because you were looking for those bronze coins. So the first psychological reason why seemingly impossible goals are easier is because once you start actually pursuing them, you'll start finding them. You'll start finding the pathways and start finding the people. And I can say this as someone who pursues impossible goals on a 90-day basis. Every 90 days, I go for new impossible goals because for me, impossible goals are a much better filter than possible goals. If you're going for a possible goal, and this is something that Dan Sullivan and I talk about in this book, 10x is easier than 2x. If you're going for linear or marginal growth, then it's not that great of a filter because there's not that much change that needs to take place. And so you don't have to discern that much about your life and situation because 
if you're going for a linear growth, then most of who you are right now is going to come off into the future and you don't need to change that much. Whereas going for a seemingly impossible goal is so massive, so big that most of the aspects of your life won't get you there. And so it becomes a really beautiful filter. This takes us to the second psychological reason why going for massive goals, even impossible goals is very good for your mind, very good for your psychology. And that's that once you start going for something so massive, so big, it requires you to start filtering out most of what you're doing. So this is the core framework in chapter one of 10X is Easier Than 2X, my third book with Dan Sullivan. And this explains the difference between a 2X mindset and a 10X mindset. So the main idea here is that if you're going for 2X growth in anything, you can keep 80% of who you are right now. You can keep 80% of your business, 80% of your clients, 80% of how you spend your time. You really only need to change 20% of what you're doing right now to go 2X. You're already well on your way to doing that. Whereas 10X is the opposite. Because 10X is so massive, seemingly impossible, most of what you're doing right now won't get you there. In fact, it's such a big filter that 80% of what you're doing right now got you here, but won't get you there. 80% of your life right now is a distraction. 80% of your life right now is busy, but not productive. Only the best 20% of your life can actually get you to 10X. And the point is, is that you want to focus deeply on that 20%. And then you want to go deep on it. You want to get 10 times better at what you do. The main point here is, is that it's actually the future that's the filter of the present rather than the present that's the filter of the future. Most people, they take the present and they use their present life, their present circumstances to create the future that they want. That's a 2X approach. That's a linear approach. The much more powerful approach and the much more realistic approach is to take your desired future. You start with imagination. Albert Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. You take your future and you use that as the filter and the determining factor for what you do here and now. That is how you live an intelligent life. That's how you live an intentional life is you start with the future you want. You start with the future you most desire. You first imagine it. You don't put any caps on what's possible. In fact, you make it seemingly impossible because the bigger the goal, the more intense the filter. I really want to talk about this whole idea of most of the things get filtered out. This is the idea that 80% of your life right now is more a reflection of your past self than your future self. And when you start having an impossible goal and you start letting that be the filter for the present, which means that your present starts being a lot more effective and a lot more truthful, then 80% of what you're doing right now, 80% of your life is an attachment to the past. This is something that Dan Sullivan and I talked about in 10X is easier than 2X, that 80% of your life right now is held onto by security. This could be your habits. It could be your income. It could be, uh, honestly, everything in your life. It could be your friends. In my life, I've gone through this process over and over. Even from choosing to go on a church mission when I was 19 or 20 years old, I had an 80% of things that I had to let go of. One of those things was playing World of Warcraft 15 hours a day. I also had a bunch of friends that were ultimately taking me into some pretty bad directions, and I had to let go of a lot of those friends. And so the main point here is, is that Every time you commit to a bigger future, that future is going to require you to let go of a lot of who you are right now. All of that stuff is the 80% of things that are your past self, but they're not your future self. And if you're serious about the goal, then you're going to have to let go of that 80%. And what that means is that you're going to have to let go of 80% of your security blankets. 80% of who you think you are is your old self. It's not your new self. And there's one thing that really helps me with this and the whole idea of letting go of your past self. And that's the idea that you are not your past self. You are not who you were 10 years ago, and you're not even who you were uh, 10 months ago. And so you don't have to keep holding on to things just because they were useful to your past self. Even your current self is not who you really are. This is something that Daniel Gilbert said. He's a Harvard psychologist. And in his TED Talk called The Psychology of Your Future Self, he said that who you are now is as present and fleeting as the present moment. So you don't even need to overly attach to who you are now. This highlights and brings up what a growth mindset really is. 
When you have a growth mindset, you're more connected to your future self than you are to your current self. This really does fit. And I will tell you, when you have a fixed mindset, you're more attached to your current self and even your past self. And you've overly solidified who you are. You've overly defined who you are. And what happens when you have a fixed mindset is, is that because you're so solidified, you have what psychologists call a fragile identity. You're so fragile that you're trying to prove yourself right all the time rather than trying to learn and get it right, which is a growth mindset. When you have a growth mindset, you don't need to be defensive about who you are. I don't need to defend my past self and I don't need to defend my present self because I know that my future self will be different. I'm in a state of learning and openness. I'm open and being open and even emotionally flexible can be tough because you're getting lots of feedback. But if you're open and you're not defending yourself and if you're not defined by who you are now, instead, you're just really curious and open to learning. And they talk a lot about this, by the way, in the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, that rather than being defensive and rather than having ego and needing to be right, you're much better being curious and open and learning. And man, life becomes beautiful then because then you can transform very quickly. But to do that, you've got to be committed to a goal and let the goal filter who you are here and now and also be heavily curious and open to feedback along the way. When you have a growth mindset, you actually seek out failure. You seek out learning and you really enjoy the process and you enjoy that experience and you're not, you're not a fragile identity. You're actually a very flexible identity. You're constantly transforming, constantly growing. And so I just want to say to this whole idea of letting go of the 80%, and this is something that I've seen over and over. I have trained hundreds of entrepreneurs on this process. I've trained thousands of people in letting go of their past self, but also I train very high-level companies on this process because companies in and of themselves go through this same process. Even companies doing hundreds of millions or billions of dollars They've got to let go of their past identity. They've got to let go of a lot of what got them here. And the 80-20 principle is just true. 80% of what you're doing as an individual is a waste of time. It's just grinding the wheels. You're just doing it out of habit or you're doing it out of busyness. But most of it is just a distraction. You really want to focus on the few things that have huge upside. And then you want to ultimately let those things go really, really deep and get very good at those things. Yes, letting go of the 80% can be difficult. Yes, it means letting go of a piece of who you were. But you can know what you're committed to by your results. And one of the most powerful things you can do is by letting go of the things that no longer meet the filter or no longer meet the standard. When you raise the standard on who you are and on what you can do, then that means that you can no longer say yes to what you did. And that is one of the most clear evidences of growth is when you start saying no to things you used to say yes to. When you actually start raising the floor raising the standard. And that actually fits with the whole idea of identity, that your identity is that which you're most committed to. And another word for commitment is standard, i.e. your minimum standard or your floor. Your floor is your filter. And once you start saying no to everything that's below that floor, then you start really evolving your psychology. That once you start doing that, you really start to become your future self. And it largely comes by raising your floor or raising your standard and saying no to the stuff you used to saying yes to. Let go of all that 80%. You don't have to do it all at once. A lot of it you can pass off to other people. You can delegate it to other people. But a lot of it you just let go of entirely. This could be raising your floor and your standard on, on how much information you consume. It could be on the type of food you consume. But really it comes down to the quality of your attention and going deep on the 20% and getting really, really good at what you do. The third psychological reason why going for impossible goals is very healthy mentally and emotionally builds off of the last one. And that's that there are far less pathways to getting there, which makes it actually simpler and cleaner. In psychology, there's a concept called pathways thinking. Pathways thinking is a big aspect of hope. Hope is such a crucial aspect of psychology. What happens when people have no hope is, is that they literally wither. This was written about massively in the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a survivor in the Holocaust, and he talked heavily about hope, and he talked heavily about the need that people have for a future. 
In fact, he said that it is a peculiarity of people that they can only live by looking towards the future. As people, we really need a future. In other words, we really need hope. And there's a lot of theory and a lot of research on what hope is in psychology. It really comes down to three things. In order to have hope, there are high hope people and there are low hope people. In order to have high hope, you actually have to start by having a clear and a committed goal. You have to have a clear and committed goal that gives you a lot of reason and purpose. Purpose is a big aspect of hope. And if you don't have a clear and committed goal, then you really can't have hope. The second aspect of hope is having what they call pathways thinking, which comes to flexibility. You have a clear and committed goal, but you're extremely flexible on finding pathways of getting there. This fits with the quote that when the why is strong enough, you will find the how. You will also find the who's. The third crucial aspect of hope is what they call agency thinking, which is first off the belief that you can choose your own goals. It is also the belief that you can and will find the way. When you have a seemingly massive goal, there are far less pathways of getting there, which actually makes it a lot easier to find those pathways. If there are a thousand potential pathways to achieving your goal, that means it's really complex. That means it's confusing. That means it's hard to actually figure out where you want to go. And if you're going for a small goal, what that means is that you're probably doing 100 things at a mediocre level rather than doing few things at a really high level. One of the reasons why you want to set seemingly impossible goals is because it allows you to actually apply the 80-20 principle and weed out 80% of the pathways, 80% of the processes, 80% of the people in your life that are holding you back. Because the goal is so high and the goal is the filter, it'll help you find the few pathways and people to getting there. There are a few ways to achieve seemingly impossible goals, and you really want to start finding those, filtering for those, finding those, and then optimizing for those, getting really good at those. This is where you start living your life based on quality. One of my favorite quotes is, is that how you do one thing is how you do all things. If you're going for small goals, then how you're doing all things means you're doing it at the surface. You're, you're literally doing, you're in the 80%, which means that you're busy, you're not productive, you're not committed, and ultimately you're not adjusting. When you start going for seemingly impossible goals, when you're really connected to your future self, and when you start letting your future be the filter for what you do in the present and it's impossible, meaning that there's very few options on how to get there, then you start weeding out the old stuff, the 80% of stuff that doesn't matter, and you start really looking for and finding, i.e. filtering for, the few pathways, opportunities, solutions, and people that will get you there. That fits with psychological reason number one, is that you start filtering for and finding the pathways and the people, and by the way, the people that are going to be required to getting you to 10x or impossible goals are very different than the people that'll get you to marginal goals. If you're going for marginal goals, then what that means is that you're probably going to hold on to the friend groups, the people, the mentors, uh, even your team if you're an entrepreneur, and you're going to keep a lot of those people, the 80%. You're going to keep 80%. Whereas when you start going for seemingly impossible goals, the filter becomes a lot more intense. You really start looking for and finding, i.e. filtering for really phenomenal pathways, but also you start filtering for incredible 80-20 people. There's a great book on this called The 80-20 Individual by Richard Koch. And he talks about how in every situation, there are always just like a few people that are generating almost all the results. They're the force. They're the faith behind all the results. And so once you start going for impossible goals, you're going to start filtering for and finding those 20% individuals. I've actually been training a franchise company that's doing hundreds of millions in revenue, looking to get to over a billion in the short term run. And one of the things that they have found to be useful, one of the things that they found to be effective is, is that when you want to double your business, you really have to find one of those 20% who's. This isn't an 80% who. Often when we're talking about who know how and stuff like this, these books that I wrote with Dan Sullivan, often we think about it in terms of getting someone to do something that you don't like to do. That's often how people view delegation, is, is I want to give a task that I don't like doing to someone else. That's getting an 80% who, where you pass off your stuff, your old work, to someone who doesn't really like to do it. That's getting someone who has a job, whereas 
rather than being a manager, if you want to be a leader and if you want to go 10x and if you want to go for impossible goals, then you have to find those few people that are the best in the world at what they do. You find people who you don't have to train. In fact, they train you. And this is a really good filter that if you have to train someone, they're probably the wrong who. You're probably operating 2x, not 10x using the language of this book. When you start going for impossible goals, you've got to filter for and find those few who's that will help you achieve things that are seemingly impossible. And you can and you will. If you make that your filter, this is the most powerful thing about your brain. And in fact, Dan Sullivan talks about this. He says your eyes can only see and your ears can only hear what your brain is looking for. Once you start really raising the bar and you start going for impossible goals and you start letting your brain do its work of selective attention, filtering for and finding the few pathways and people that will get there. And as you're raising your floor massively and stripping away the 80%, how you do one thing is how you do all things, you will start to develop the confidence to start finding and partnering with people who can change your life, with people who can change the game for you. And that's when that's when it start that's when it's game over. That's when you're no longer competing with anyone else. That's when you start creating dream teams where you start partnering with people who can change the game for you and you're filtering for those. This takes us to the fourth psychological reason why you should be going for impossible goals and why impossible goals simplify and make your life easier. And that's that the goal is so high and the filter is so intense that it forces 80-20 thinking. It forces you to let go of almost everything you're doing because almost everything you're doing is a distraction. Yes, you can keep it if you don't have massive goals. But if you want to go for massive goals, if you want to go from quantum leap to quantum leap, what Gay Hendricks calls big leap to big leap, then you've got to let the future shape who you are in the present. This is psychology 101, that you want your future and your future self, which is a very different person than you, by the way. Most people think that who they are now is who they're going to be in the future. That's a fixed mindset. No, your future self is massively different than you. They can be 10 times better, 10 times wealthier, 10 times happier. But you want your future self to filter who you are in the present. This is how you start being your future self now. And I wrote an entire book on this called Be Your Future Self Now. By the way, you can get a free copy of this at futureself.com. You can get the free Kindle of this if you're in the United States. The main point here on concept number four is, is that when you go for impossible goals, it forces 80-20 thinking. You can achieve impossible goals. You can start achieving impossible goals once you start really clarifying it. And there really are three levels. First, you clarify it, which means you imagine it. You see it. And then level two is feel it, which means you get emotionally connected to it. You have a why. When the why is strong enough, you can bear any how. When the why is strong enough, you can find the how. So you want to go from seeing to feeling to knowing. Once you get to a place of knowing, then you start operating fully as your future self. One of my favorite quotes comes from Florence Shin. She said, faith knows it is already received and acts accordingly. The fifth and final psychological reason why you should be pursuing impossible goals is because it simplifies your life. There's a great quote that says, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. If you're going for small goals, chances are your life is very complex. Chances are you're doing a thousand different things and you're not doing any of them well. How you do one thing is how you do all things. When you're going for small goals, that means that you're caught up in the busyness. You're caught in the thick of very thin things. Only when you start going for impossible goals will you start operating by faith. Only once you start going for impossible goals will you start filtering for and finding the few pathways, the few people that have the big upside. Only once you start going for impossible goals will you filter out the 80% of things that you're holding on to truly out of psychological security. You're doing it because emotionally it's easy, it's secure to hold on to your habits, onto your paycheck, onto your friend group that is holding you back. This simplifies everything. It simplifies your focus. It simplifies your strategy. It simplifies your attention. You only do a few things and then you hire world-class experts who are really good at what they do rather than you doing a thousand things mediocre. You do one or two things on a phenomenal high level. 
These are the five psychological reasons why I believe you should be pursuing impossible goals. And in fact, I believe you should be pursuing impossible goals every 90 days. Every 90 days, you can go for an impossible goal and you do not have to be attached. I love the quote that you expect everything but attached to nothing. You let your future be the filter for who you are, for what you do. You start weeding out more and more of what won't get you there. You really raise the floor, which means you really raise the standard. And this improves everything that you're doing. It also helps you to filter for and find unique pathways and those 80-20 individuals, those people, those 20% people that will change the game for you. Otherwise, you're just busy. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably hiring people that aren't that great at what they do. And ultimately, you're just grinding away. And in times of turbulent transformation, if you're operating by yesterday's logic, if you're operating by competition against other people, you will lose. It's about innovation. It's about imagination. It's about using the future to filter for and create the present and being an innovator. Finding, filtering those few pathways that'll help you get there, finding those few people that will change the game for you, and you going really, really deep on your 20% that's going to change your life. I know you can do this. If you're pursuing impossible goals, you can accomplish them in a short period of time because you're going to find and filter for those things. I can tell you this. Um, I do this on a regular basis, and I love the quote, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. What this means is, is that once you really start committing and start filtering for, you will find opportunities, you will find people, and you will start transforming fast. And organically, because you're being pulled forward by that future, you've gone from seeing to feeling to knowing, because you're organically pursuing that future, you will happily let go of the things that are holding you back. You'll raise that floor. You'll be happy. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Please like, please subscribe. Please go 10X. You can do this.